Manimal here. It is Monday, December 4th, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to talk about league happenings. We've got free agent signings. We've got a Hall of Fame bid. We've got some guys on the trade block and what they're asking for. And we've also got a weird minor league signing that maybe it makes sense for the Milwaukee Brewers. We've also got Texas Rangers news on them being organization of the year from Baseball America. And we're going to talk about some things that CY said that maybe might be a little bit deceiving. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day, just in case you didn't know. Your 2023 Texas Rangers are the World Series champions. We were talking about what it's going to be like at opening day seeing that banner in the rafters. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. Kevin <laughs> Frazier. You can catch me on social media at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Don't forget to check out Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TX Rangers WTB. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, one word. And joining me, my co-host, a man who has, who who participated over the weekend in pummeling and destroying other uh, men in only ways that he can do. The three hundred pound animal, aka bull. How you doing, buddy? How was the weekend? And where can they find you on socials? Well, I'm I'm doing good today. I I was a little upset Friday night. I got a, a awful draw. Just what? An awful, awful draw. It was not me and Brick Savage at all. Mm. Uh, we would have dominated, but that was uh, not to be. I uh, I caught a, a young guy named Kari Wright as my draw. He mm. tried to k- keep me away from the ring. Mm. And um, it finished with him being manhandled and pummeled by yours truly, making him shake hands with his opponents because... He was trying to be a poor sport, um, but you know, congratulations to the end of the world party mm. who got tagged together. Fortunately for them, I guess. Mm, obviously, uh, and uh, they were able to beat Brick Savage and Damo McCullough in the oh, wow. in the finals. Oh wow! Well, probably some high drama there, and I bet you we have a chance to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, here in just a little bit, but uh, if yeah, they well, find out information about you uh, on the socials, where would they do it? Well, if you want to, if you want to find me on X, it's Manimal Bull Instagram, Manimal Three Hundred, and both Facebook and TikTok Bull Pro. 
whatever line that you use, find me on there. Start asking some of these off-season questions that you got uh, uh, interest in, and me and Kevin will start using them on the show, and uh, we'll get, we'll go from there. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, big weekend. We we caught some high school football on Saturday. Uh, the bull man drug me out of the house after a a rough uh, ooh, ooh, a rough night the night before. Mm-hmm. Well. Let's jump right into the news around the league. A good guy, uh, a fantastic baseball coach, a legend in his own right. Jim Leland is going to be inducted or was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee basically um, it was mostly managers on the list. There's also some uh, general managers, I believe, that fall on it. Uh, they elected Jim Leland. He received 15 out of the 16 votes. You need 12 to uh, make it into the Hall of Fame. So the former, well, we got Pirates, right? Mm-hmm. Marlins, where he won his world championship. Rockies. And tigers manager so um he uh spent some time with all four of those clubs great uh great turnaround he made with those detroit tigers when he went up there um did a great job managing bonds and bonilla to lots of wins in pittsburgh and won that championship with the marlins um i don't know that he has a whole lot to talk about with that rocky season but um lou Pinella was one vote short of making the uh, list and um, former National League president Bill White was just a couple of votes. Other guys on the list, Cito Gaston, Davey Johnson, Ed Montague, Hank Peters, and and, uh, umpire Joe West all received less than five votes. So Hmm. um, Leland's going to be the only guy on the contemporary to go in. Um, Lots of Lots of votes, though, almost uh, unanimous. Wow. Wow. Almost unanimous. And, I mean, come on, deserving, definitely deserving. So let's get into a little bit of uh, some free agent signings. Uh, the winter meetings start, you know, t- yesterday and tons of stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, the rumors right now are absolutely. Ramp at $600 million for Shohei. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that. I, I'm not shocked at all. I knew it was coming. Um, but let's. I mean, let's go to the actual signings. Um, some pitching going. Pitching has been going off the market, especially bullpen pitching. Uh, Nick Martinez is going to Cincinnati. Former Ranger Nick Martinez. Yeah, former Ranger great Nick Martinez. <laughs> former Ranger great. <laughs> is that not right or are we just uh we i throw that around too loosely huh <laughs> i i uh yeah i don't know um <laughs> <laughs> uh, another bullpen arm this is the one that's concerning to me because and again not too concerned because i think the rangers um are operating at a different level than they have been in the past and uh they have specific goals i, I like to think they have a plan and you can't sign every free agent out there. But um, Joe Kelly goes to the Dodgers, kind of a kind of a night, kind of like a low, a low, a buy low, sell high, or or hope for 
hope for high response here um, with with this signing here. I, I, I don't mind this signing at all. If, if I'm well, the Rangers, the Dodgers, the Dodgers kind of seem like they, they got enough of what they wanted out of him late in the season after they traded for him. So, uh, you know, they're going to give him another year to do it again. And I wouldn't imagine that Joe Kelly wasn't going to at least get one year somewhere. I mean, the guy is, he throws a hundred miles an hour. So there's always a spot for that. If it, and you know, we, we've talked about him before and how he's kind of a, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe not bulldog, but he's definitely a competitor and, uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see on how the season ends up for him, but you know, I mean, he throws gas and, you know, bullpens are year to year and a guy that struggled last year could be lights out this year. Yeah, and, and I think he's a guy that could easily be one that you don't spend a lot of money on but then turns around and really pays dividends for you. Um, I could definitely see him being one of those. Um, so, and I think it's worth mentioning, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to our Rangers news, just about, you know, what direction the team's going to be going. But, you know, seeing a few of these bullpen guys go off the go off the board that are pretty good I think it's more about that they fill a need that the Rangers have, and that's kind of that velocity uh, type players in the bullpen, swing and miss type guys, seeing these guys go off the board. Um, it's a little disheartening on one, but the other good part I would say is that they're not signing for a ton of money. Um, no, not yeah. crazy for bullpen guys as of yet. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, there's, there's probably guys on the list higher for the Rangers than uh, than Joe Kelly as well. You're no, I bet you're. You know, you'd like to hope that uh, the Rangers have their eyes uh, on you know some maybe higher higher end guys than Joe Kelly. So next subject, and actually let's let's push this one off because I have a feeling it's going to be a a rabbit hole. But I'm going to skip over our next topic the next one is is kind of a kind of a head scratcher kind of not i don't know how to uh, let's talk about it uh cody bellinger wanting 12 years and around 250 million well my dad used to say this thing to me that stuck Mm. my entire life once and he would tell me (laughs) want in one hand and shit in the other hand and see which one gets full first and i have a feeling that Cody Bellinger is more likely to get that want than I ever was as a youth. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, it isn't going to be from Texas. The Texas Rangers kind of feel like they have a, a, a the beginnings of a, a dynasty ridden uh, or a dynasty capable uh, outfield package right now. So, um, you know, God bless him for thinking and wanting that. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen, and, and it may happen. I mean, there's teams out there that are talking about Cody Bellinger very seriously, and I don't blame them. The, the ceiling is so high, and he's such a – I mean, the, the ceiling is higher than he is in most of his interviews. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you might be right that – I don't think he's going to get this kind of money. Um, but I also understand where he's coming from because MLB is, is so unstable um, in, in their contracts and just, 
just the way things are, which is really bizarre because they used to seem like, especially like the like as a just as a league, the the the, the MLBPA, they seem to be so much so stable compared to the rest oh, of yeah. to the rest of the league or the rest of the professional sports leagues. And now it's just turned into kind of the wild west when it comes to this stuff. And these guys, like the U Darvish contracts a couple of years ago, it seems like these guys are like, hey, I may go under, I'm going to go under my value, but I want more years. I want more guaranteed money because who knows what this thing's going to do. Um, and it's just really funny to hear me talking about $600 million for Shohei Otani. But yet over here, Bellinger asking for 250 for 12. Um, seems outlandish so it kind of shows you how how skewed the market is right now yeah uh, true and we don't know what the market is just yet because not enough pieces have fallen we're starting to see a little bit on the pitchers market what the low end is and what the high end is but uh we'll, we'll know more as yamamoto and snell and these guys that are young dudes start coming off of here like nola did and see if they're getting seven eight nine um are they going to get uh, um uh the uh, Garrett Cole type contracts, or are they going to get, you know, closer to like what Aaron Nola got? So, you know, it's questionable. It's understandable that uh, those guys are looking for that because that's, I mean, that's what it is right now. You know, you're trying to get the absolute most out of your value when you have it. And a lot of these guys have um, the high, higher ceilings than their values. And, and, you know, as the market shapes up, we're going to kind of find out what it's going to cost. Yeah, and, and I would not be surprised that, you know, come spring training, <laughs> we're getting closer to spring training, if Bellinger's uh, kind of willing to die on this hill here, that he might still nah, be. No, I think he'll be signed probably by the end of the week. So, well, if he's – you think somebody's going to give him 12 at 250? I don't know that that's going to be the case, but I think he'll be signed by the end of the week. He'll, okay. he'll find out what his market is, and then they'll meet in the middle. They'll figure something out. He's trying yeah. to – He's trying to set the terms. Well, yeah, of, absolutely. Speaking of setting the terms, um, this this one Soto thing, um, it's wild as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's again. It goes right back to what we just said. Like, it's just the 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 teams. I think right now, and you know, like it's like negotiations used to. They are what they are. This is just how they are. It's like. You just got to make this really ridiculous outlandish offer first in order to kind of like figure out what the, and then the other people are going to lowball you big time. And then now you have some context for what meeting in the middle is going to look like. And it looks like this Juan Soto thing's only going to get crazier uh, before it gets done. Yeah. Cause you're hearing Drew Thorpe. You're hearing Michael King. You're hearing Clark Schmidt. You're hearing Johnny Brito. You've heard Randy Vasquez. You hear that the Padres are trying to unload Trent Grisham as well. You're also hearing about Oswald Peraza, who is kind of in a, uh, in limbo with them. You've got Everson Pereira, the, a bunch of really good players that the Padres want, but like what I'm kind of finding out is they want all of them. <laughs> they, they don't want they don't want like they're like look you just give us the whole farm system mm -hmm. and we'll let you have one year of Juan Soto which and I understand that Juan Soto is generational and I mean look trust me I love Juan Soto I think he's a fantastic ball player and you got to realize he's still like young 
young, young, young. He's got a world championship already. He's played good baseball every season um, since he's been in the big leagues, and and he's so consistent. But man, it's a lot to ask for, you know, a, a an eight player package where they're sending Trent Grisham and Juan Soto and expecting to get, you know, Clark Schmidt and. Uh, Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez to go with Oswald Peraza and Everson Pierce, Pereira. So that's, I mean, golly, like I wouldn't be able to do it if I were the, the Yankees because there's no guarantee that, that Louis so or I mean, Juan Soto is going to play in New York past this year. That's, that's the part that makes it kind of wild to me and tells me that like, I don't think the Padres have that kind of list. And, don't think they do. I don't. I mean, Soto is the kind of guy that, like, when you when you're looking at next year and what you're going to try and give this man, mm-hmm. you know, like, gosh, man. I mean, the Yankee. You know, he's going to test free agency, so the Yankees aren't just going to. Like they're not, I don't think they're going to be able to tr- make this trade and then just say, okay, here's 12 and 290. Mm-hmm. Or here's what Trout get, you know, 14 and 440 or something like that. Like, here's this. Now you're a Yankee for the rest of your life. I don't know that that's going to be the case with him because, you know, I mean, there well, may what- be somebody much more willing to give him more than 14, <laughs> 440. You know, who knows? <laughs> Well, and, and if you're Soto, you're in like the best spot ever because you're about to see the largest contract, what looks like looks to be with Otani, the largest contract in baseball history. And he's going to get to say, okay, cool. Next year, it's my turn. And, you know, the team that gets him is going to, number one, want to have to, is going to have to be able to spend that kind of money to justify making a, a crazy prospect swap. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's going to be a team that's wanting to win. So, I mean, right. When we brought up the Rangers, I said, you know, the only way I do the Soto deal is if the Rangers are all in 100% going to re sign him no matter what. Yeah. That's the only way you make this deal. And I think the Yankees are are a team that are in a position to be able to pretty much offer him whatever. Uh, But uh, again, like, I, I think. I think that in this deal, you have a lot more leverage as the team trading for Soto uh, than I think San Diego does. I just don't think San Diego has the leverage. And if you're looking at a team that's desperate, uh, you're going to need a team that's really desperate. But if you're if they're really desperate, they're also got to be willing to give up their future to do this and risk the fact that they may not be able to re-sign Soto. So I don't know, man. I, I think you're going to see the it's price. Hard. Yeah, and and that's so much of what we talked about last year or last week on the show. Whenever we uh, talked about a Rosarina and Logan Gilbert, it's like those guys are available because they know that someone's going to overpay for them. Yeah, and and what what you're willing to overpay? Um, that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, because the Yankees are willing to overpay for him. That's not the case, right? But it can't be like you can't get. I mean, there's a difference between getting fleeced and and overpaying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. That's no. the thing that the that's the fine line that the Yankees have to decide on is are are we all in on making sure that Juan Soto 
gets exactly what Juan Soto wants in 2024 or 2025 after 2024. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head with that one. So again, from one wild story to another one and one head scratcher story to another, because it's all head scratchers today. We're all kind of like, I don't know what the heck. Um, So this is another one. Um, So top prospect who has drawn comparisons off air on our show to Ronald Acuna. I didn't make them. Someone else made them. Well, we've talked about that. Yeah, we've talked that that people have compared this guy to Ronald Acuna. Um, Jackson Chorio getting eight years from Milwaukee. 142 and a half with a couple of options that are team options for a $25 million buyout. Okay. So yep. I think the options have got to be probably pretty early. Eamon didn't release the exact po- spots of the options. It probably doesn't know just yet until it really gets released. But as far as uh, everything is s- said and done, it- it's done between Churio and the and the Brewers and that they've got him on the books now for eight years. And we'll see what the contract looks like, but it's probably going to be back-end heavy on 142. So we'll just kind of see, they're probably not going to have to pay too much money um, before those years where they're the $25 million opt outs are. Um, So we're just going to kind of see what it looks like, what they're going to pay for those, uh, for those years of ownership that they would have had anyways, or they will, you know, is it going to be worth it in the long run to save money on him now? Or are they going to, uh, you know, regret this and end up, dropping 25 mil just to get rid of this guy before he destroys their franchise. Yeah. Like this is a, we we've talked about at length and as you've, you know, taken the time to explain to me the rabbit hole of, of uh, information that comes along with understanding how these rookie contracts and how play team control and just the absolute talk about getting fleeced. Um, just really just kind of the the bondage that these players are in uh, in their prime years in baseball. And, you know, it's an advantage and the league's got to use that advantage. And it feels like with Milwaukee here, it's like Milwaukee is giving that advantage up voluntarily where they're not going to have to pay this guy. I mean, until he gets to his arb years and then even, and even then it could be a bargain if he's a, a superstar, but if he's not, you don't got to pay him anything. You haven't paid him anything. Like, what's the upside here? I guess the team option to buy out. Some well, the the upside, upside but... is not as having as having him two extra years. That's that's one of the upsides. The second okay. upside is you're going to have him under control for those two years at somewhere around twenty million dollars, mm-hmm. which is going to be what like probably. If if he's Ronald Acuna Jr. Right. for six years, right? Say, for example, right? If he's Ronald Acuna Jr. for six years and he goes out there and earns every bit of this contract, instead of hitting, hitting free agency at 29 or 27, he's going to hit free agency at 29. And for the club... That's the benefit is that he's going to be with them through his most of his prime years. And uh, if he 
uh, you know, pans out, they're going to get those two years for 20 million instead of him hitting free agency early and getting, you know, probably somewhere around 35 million somewhere. So I, I see the benefit of it. I understand why Milwaukee did it. They, they're talking about trading everybody else. So they're putting a lot of emphasis on this kid being the savior of the franchise. And the moment this happened is the moment, you know, that like Burns and uh, uh, who's the outfielder that they got from the Yelich, Christian Yelich, um, mm-hmm. probably the, uh, the kid, the Willie Adamas playing shortstop. Uh, those guys are probably all gone now. Yeah, this that's, is... that's how you have to look at that, probably. And maybe and they'll probably keep Freddie Peralta because he's got some years. But uh, the the youth movement has started in Milwaukee, and don't be shocked if Milwaukee next year wins sixty five games. Yeah, what a bizarre what a bizarre turn of events. Um, and we'll be seeing this guy soon. I bet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. this kind of money, uh, he ain't going to be hanging out in the minors for too long. So. Get ready for the Jackson Chorio saga, however it may The era, the, the Milwaukee Jackson Chorio era has begun today. Well, let's, let's, or last get, night. Not to take it down a dark path here, but remember, Wander Franco signed one of these deals and it's definitely not working out for Tampa right now. Well, you know, the thing with Tampa is because of the way he did things, if they, you know, uh, they're going to probably be covered insurance buys. Mm hmm. You know, Prince Fielder style. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, real quick, before we jump into our Rangers news, tell yeah. us a little bit about Friday night. Unfortunately, uh, for those of you out there that went to the show, um, I was not able to make it. My my little guy has been sick all weekend. I missed it. We missed a niece's birthday party. We missed a Christmas thing outing with our church. I missed the death breath. Uh, Matt War Pro on Friday. I mean, I just missed everything this weekend so well of course it's it's more important it's more important that baron is is healthy happy and and wise than than <laughs> seeing one wrestling show that will will be right back at it january 26th at the Southside preservation hall mm. so don't uh don't fret we'll be doing it again real real soon um but friday night yeah you know uh, you would have actually really, really enjoyed my match. Like after I, I entered it. <laughs> Before that, you would have been like, "What the hell is this?" Because that's what I was doing, you know, on the on the side myself. Um, poor myself and Jamie Holly were uh, opponents. Um, our other opponent, I, I was, uh, I had Kari Wright as my tag team partner and Reza Clark was his tag team partner. Once it got to us, it got a little bit more entertaining. And I, uh, uh, you know, I did everything in my power to help that kid win this match to get us onto the next round and he still messed it up. So there was nothing I could do, nothing I could do. Uh, we'll just hope that January 26th, it'll be back to singles matches where I excel at beating people up. Well, you mentioned Jamie Holly, so he was on the opposite side of you. Yes. Oh wow, that man! I really did miss out. Darn. You did, yeah. The first time that Jamie Holly and I have wrestled since that show in San Antonio, where he had his first match ever. Has it been that long? Wow, that's wild. Yeah. So you said that it ended up being the end of the world party somehow or another. Wink, wink. Ended up getting 
on the same team and they end up facing Damo and Brick. And I would have never put my money on anybody but Damo and Brick, but I assume given their differences that it was high drama on Friday night between those two. Well, you know what the thing was, was that uh, Corvice and uh, Ricky were ended up getting tagged together because one of the participants was unavailable. And instead of going to an alternate, they decided to, because it was the first half of the matches to just pick again. And it ended up being Corvice and, uh, you know, the guys worked their way through the tournament and beat some really good tag teams. And, uh, you know, hey, when when they beat Brick and Damo, I'm not going to lie, for two guys that we didn't think would ever be in the ring together on the same team, they were working pretty good together mm. prior to the, uh, the end. So, you know, congratulations to them into the war party, kids, because they, they, they earned every minute, of, every bit of it. Love it. Love it. Well, hey, let's jump right into our Rangers news and the Rangers news. Um, big news. Baseball America, uh, apparently the smartest organization in all of baseball right now, names the Rangers the organization of the year. I could not agree more. They might be the sports organization of the year, in my opinion, in all well, of the um, The Baseball America has been doing this since the year 1982, and this is just the second time in the history of it that the Rangers have won the Organization of the Year award. Um, they won it once before in 1989, and you remember how fun those teams were, even though they didn't win a World Series. But uh, they get that second one this year, and uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, they... Uh, as far as organizations go, they made the biggest, tur- you know, they made a big turnaround. They were able to um, do it through um, organizational moves, um, rookies, um, guys that helped the team late in the year, and and some really crafty um, free agent signings that weren't involved, that weren't huge, like Degrom and and those guys. I mean, it more like you know Grossman and Jankowski and little moves like that that really helped the club this whole season and you know i mean and they're able to you know probably get those guys more baseball out of uh their careers because of this team and the way things worked out awesome awesome well now let's get into what will probably be our the juice yeah the, the the big the big talking point for the for the for the show is as it relates to the and i feel like all this news is actually somewhat rangers relevant because you know when we're talking about um pitchers getting signed in free agency that has to do with the rangers how how um teams are handling their young players that affects the rangers in terms of guys like evan uh, carter and uh white langford uh you know the bellinger contract that that could affect the rangers around the corner if they decide they want to continue with the dollar star. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the Yankees and the Soto trade is somewhat relevant because I well, mean, you find out what you're, what, I mean, what guys that you compare your prospects to in other organizations are, are bringing in return. Right. Because come trade deadline, uh, we might know a little more value about what teams are paying or asking for. So CY announced that the spending this year will be focused on making the core better before you go off, because I'm sure you're ready, let me tell you what I think this means and who I want to see the Rangers 
focus on when it comes to this and then I'll turn you loose. So what this means to me are guys that he wants to see on the team for a long period of time. When he's talking about the core, we're talking about the next four to five years. And he's talking about those are who the guys are focusing on right now. Maybe not year to year rentals, which you got to love that because that's how you build a winner. But that makes me believe that, Hey, Jordan Montgomery then has to be a priority. If we're talking about focusing on the core and the future of this team. I, I don't disagree. I think that Jordan Montgomery fits this team. He fits his clubhouse. He fits that core type of guy that you're wanting. Um, uh, he throws innings. He gets outs. Um, he owns lefties. He owns good lefties. He makes your team a better team just by him being in your rotation. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I agree. Um, it really depends on what the market starts you know runs to with him and uh you know i mean i don't think it's anything that the rangers aren't um looking into and ready to uh you know give a good offer and try and get him back here in a rangers uniform next year now when we said when you say see you know when we're talking about cy i don't know what i don't know if i believe him at all (laughs) you know what i'm saying like he might be just like bluffing his ass off because like, seriously, whenever you're looking yesterday and they're talking about Otani and they're, like, talking about the teams that are in on him, and then there's, like, and there's at least one other mystery team in on it. Well, uh, hell, I mean, for all we know, that could be CY in there, like, cooking up some Otani stew, trying to figure out how to put a second-year option club mutual option in there and getting him here on, on what could end up being two years and $90 million. Right. You know, I don't know. I don't know how that's working out. I don't know that that's the case. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to happen. I'm just making this up as I go along because I don't know that CY is just giving his hand on television to the to the whole MLB to to see what he's looking for. So you know, we'll see. I imagine that that every free agent that has worth to this Rangers club, the Rangers have done their due diligence on them. I believe that the Rangers are looking at every trade option. I mean, they're as interested in Jackson Chorio signing eight years and 143 like we are just for different, uh, different reasons, because now they're looking up there and saying, okay, what can we give them that will get us Corbin Burns? Or what can we give them that will get us Devin Williams out of that bullpen or another piece out of that bullpen or something like that? So I don't know that I believe him that he's that the that they're not going to be in on big free agents cut types and stuff like that. I don't think that's what that means. No. I think what they're doing is they're they're doing what they can do to make sure that the the gaps that they need filled are filled. And, you know, we always talk about it, you know, like we talked about Kelly earlier, you know, just because Kelly was, uh, you know, signed off as a, as a bullpen guy, it doesn't mean that the Rangers uh, don't have five guys that they're looking at that they think are bullpen hands that are going to help them that were, that aren't Joe Kelly and weren't Joe Kelly. So um, see why I'm going to, I'm going to let him, I'm going to let him do what he does and and we're going to follow along this week at the winter meetings and and you know I know uh last week we might have missed a show because of everything going on between you uh, you and your family and Baron being a little bit sick and my my wife and our situation we uh we don't always have the uh time 
that we need to get together. But this week, as the winter meetings go on and it's busy, we'll make sure we make time to make uh, everything happen and getting that uh, getting that uh, reg- you know regularity of of making sure all that news is being covered here on Texas Rangers with the boys. No, you you you're right. I mean, it life does happen. Um, the good part is is that it seems like it's happening at the time of year where there's no critical, nothing critical really happening just yet with the Rangers. But if you guys will remember, this we're coming up into that time of year where last year the Rangers made some blockbuster moves. Um, Eovaldi, uh, Bruce Bochy, uh, Jacob DeGrom. So there were some big moves that went down. And, and really the Rangers, man, some cerebral moves, some moves that were way more thought out than – what I think anybody in this local market uh, was thinking, and I'm talking about the beat writers, I'm talking about the, the, the guys that have been covering this team and girls that have been covering this team, some for a couple of years and some for their whole lives, because we're setting a new precedent with this whole thing. And I'm with, I believe that CY is telling the truth, but I don't think he's tipping his hand whatsoever as to what, that actually means or what that's going to look like. I think once it all settles in, then we'll look back and go, Oh, that's what he meant by that. So, um, Hey, I don't got anything else unless you got something else. I think we're ready to, to start, uh, to start rolling on home here. Well, yeah, you know, like, like we were saying, the winter meetings are this week. I'm going to let you tell everybody about uh, what we did prior to this show with our, uh, with our, uh, down on the farm show and then we'll talk about what we're going to do tomorrow on the show and uh you know we'll maybe we'll beg some for some questions or something yeah really um so we have been doing deep dives at every level of the minor leagues for the rangers and we just wrapped up our down down east wood ducks um segment for down on the farm with the boys so down east wood ducks are going to be down on the farm with the boys and, uh, man, what a blast it was. A lot of content for that team. A lot of excitement around uh, the players coming out of that team and the players that are actually going to that team that we foresee coming up. So if you are wanting to get more of the Texas Rangers, especially this time of year when there's so many pieces moving around but we don't know what's going on but you need to get the news, go check out our exclusive content. It's called Down on the Farm with the Boys. It's just $1.99 a month. So you can just go to our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, one word. Or you can go to our Spotify page and subscribe there. The exciting part is, and this was we just revealed this uh, on, our, on our show, and we'll reveal it to you guys as well. And that is that next week we will cover the Dominican Summer League, um, and we'll also cover the Arizona Complex League. And then we're going to jump right back into our – top 40 prospect list so we'll do the next 20 uh the first episode and then the top 20 will be on that second episode and that second episode where we will reveal our number one really our top five rangers prospects in this organization we will reveal them and that'll be christmas weekend so texas rangers with the boys coming in clutch for christmas weekend uh to give you our top 20 prospects so don't forget to go subscribe to that. It's going to be really exciting. We're excited about it, and we know that you guys are going to be excited as well. So, Bull, why don't you tell them a little bit about what's coming up on the next show, and then we'll get out of here. 
Well, first, before we get to that, I want to say uh, it was a ton of fun talking about the bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that are that are showing out in the Carolina League and winning a winning a Carolina League title for us and, and uh, for the organization or first-half championship and then also winning a playoff series and, uh, you know, making it to that final this year, um, especially with a lot of their performers moving on to Hickory in in uh, later on in the later stages of the season and doing it with a lot of guys that were coming up from the Arizona Complex League. I'm excited also to talk about uh, the short season A teams next uh, week when we do uh, down on the farm with the boys. It's going to be a big show. It's going to be we're, we're going to talk about a lot of, uh, you know, we this week we were talking about 18, 19, 20 year olds. This time we're going to be talking about a lot of 17, 18, 19 year olds. And uh, um, it's just kind of a interesting. It's very it's, it's so interesting to look at this Rangers and what they've done with their organizational depth and they've turned it so far around in the past couple of years and and just seeing that depth start to pan out is uh it's really it's really fun for not only for a ranger fan but like for the down on the farm show because you're starting to see these guys and their worth and and then you know as as they move along through the system you're going to continue to see how how uh how well these guys have uh, performed so yeah so what are we going to be getting into tomorrow well Tomorrow's uh, the first real day of the winter meetings will happen on Monday. So, you know, tomorrow when we, uh, which is, you know, Monday today um, and tomorrow when we talk about, we'll talk more about what happened. If anything comes up on the hot stove that we need to talk about, which I imagine will, I think the ball will start dropping tomorrow morning. I think when you, when you wake up tomorrow, you'll start seeing some moves start happening and uh, all the GMs and all the, Everybody's together now in Nashville doing their thing, and uh, we're going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, if CY does something, we'll, we'll definitely cut in for that and make sure we talk about that. And, uh, you know, uh, feel free to uh, send us a question or two, uh, and we will, we will answer it tomorrow on the show. Uh, if you want to stay anonymous, just let us know that you want to stay anonymous, but we'll answer the question as well. Awesome. Yeah, we love those questions. Uh, we have a ton of questions ourselves. And there's a lot of uh, just a lot of intrigue right now as it relates to uh, what these winter meetings, how they're going to transpire and what what this team is going to look like uh, as we move into uh, the new year. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, this is Texas Rangers with the boys. You Don't forget to check us out on social media, TX Rangers. WTV. Don't forget to check out that website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. All one word. And where you can subscribe to our exclusive content down on the farm with the boys. Also, thank you for subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform for the 300-pound animal. This is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys. Signing out.